Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 460. It feels weird, Graham. Really does. Yeah, it feels like we've gone 10 years back in time. Why is that? Because we're back in the garage. We're back in the garage. They're shooting Mm -hmm. some crazy thing at ATC. Mm -hmm. So we're not in the ATC World Headquarters. We are back in the garage. There are stacks of T-shirts. There is now, instead of a weight bench, there is a treadmill. Yes. You know, well, times have changed. My um, Your powerlifting days are over. Yeah, yeah, my my, uh, exercise (laughs) needs have uh, have matured. Uh, (laughs) uh, Eventually, there'll be a yoga studio in here. I I don't know. I think, Chris, you need to go back to just powerlifting. Just powerlifting. Just bulk up. Just meat hands. It, protein. Yep. Just, and let's go to Venice. Yeah, go to Venice. Always talking about aminos and yeah. recovery drinks, and that's what I want to hear from cool. you. And just start yelling, one more set, come on. Yeah, yeah. feel the burn. Yeah. I want to hear that. I want to hear you say those things. Come on, push it. Come on. Come on, bro. Yeah. I want to hear you say bro. You can yeah. do it. Come on, bro. Thing come is, on. you don't wear an adult diaper when you deadlift now. Yeah. It's just not worth it. <laughs> It's not worth the risk. <laughs> I'm on board with all those things. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's something to explore for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in the garage with a, uh, a guest that we love that we've had on the show numerous yes. times mm-hmm. that has also done... Um, some business with you. Yes. We've done, I made that uh, sound creepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either that or you go. I was on one of them too. No. Yeah. We yeah. worked together on the set. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Sounds like we were involved in a heist. Yeah. That's what I made it sound like. Uh, yep. We uh, took care of that thing from that yeah. guy. Yeah. And no one, no, we don't talk about it. <laughs> so, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, comedian, writer, uh, provocateur, Rick Overton. Hey, thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, and uh, Rick and Graham both did an episode of Conversations from the Abyss Super called fun. The Operative. You mm-hmm. as well. Thank you. And then Rick's got a uh, another little uh, part coming up uh, on the final episode of this season, Conversations from the Abyss. He, uh, I won't give anything away, but the episode is called Father, about oh. a, uh, a grieving man who befriends a ghost in a graveyard. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> who plays what? We gotta wait. You'll have to wait. Ah, Not to see, but to hear. (laughs) You'll have to leave it up to your own imagination. So now, Rick, the last time I saw you live, um, I brought my son to see you because this was such a cool thing. When you mentioned it, I'm like, well, is he kidding or is he actually doing this? Um, you were uh, part of a troupe that was in a library recreating H.G. Uh, Wells' War of the Worlds. And I thought it was fantastic. Thanks. It was, it really was a, from the radio hour. Yeah, from the radio hour. Yeah. And uh, I Orson was, Wells's uh, uh, oh, yeah, Mercury Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Oops, wrong Wells. Sorry. Uh, uh, it's yeah. uh, <laughs> one Wells to another. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Um, and uh, I was like trying to explain to my son as we were listening, I'm like, no, people just, they didn't have screens. They just listened to the radio. This was entertainment. And this is the only way they would also get news. So they were freaking out, thinking it was real. And then there was a woman in the front row who was alive back then and remembered that happening. That was really wow. cool. <laughs> that must have been like, Imagine, I, 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 it's so hard for us to even put it in any sort of context today that that could happen. You know what I mean? Well, people were coming out of, you know, just beginning to really see that there might be some hope for America. But they're in a very fragile place coming out of a depression. And so they're already kind of, people were kind of traumatized by all that. They're right on the edge. Mm-hmm. And that's when things, when they snap, they really snap. (laughs) 
And so, you know, thank God it was regional radio. Right. You know, its, it's radius was not the entire right. nation. It wasn't was. syndicated. Yeah, right. I don't think it was, was it? I think it was just an area, right? Just an East Coast area yeah. radius? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, so, and my grandmother remembered wow. hearing about it and all that. My mom told stories about it. And said that no one in the neighborhood was really all that freaked out, but they're, you know, they're stupid people that might be living right next to you and you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. You never know where they're going to cr- yeah. crop up. Yeah. Stupid people. Yeah. Honey, yeah. Well, uh, what are the Martians about? I don't know. They went to a commercial. <laughs> well, if they went to a commercial, you know. <laughs> Better get the gun. Yeah. yeah. Well, while they're getting a, a pee, but tell me if the Martians come on. <laughs> Jeez. Well, now, are you doing any more of those? Because that was a, uh, you were doing, it was like. Oh, well, I would, no, no word on that. No, no word, but okay. yeah, there's always next Halloween. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And I will come back again. I'd be great to see you. Yeah, yeah. But it was a, and it was one of those things too that I was looking around, and it was mostly older people in the audience. But honestly, there would have been a lot of students and kids that would have really enjoyed this, like uh, just on the Halloween alien invasion. You know, you take away the historical and cultural aspect of it, but just the story alone would have been really interesting. Like I feel like. That's the kind of thing that libraries need to do more of right. and uh, promote it and get more people in there to enjoy totally. culture, history, science fiction, all of these um, um, oh, things that are, you know, not on a screen and Insta or, hit, well, or apps. Especially, too, since, like, you know, your podcast and others like it, Welcome to Night Vale or whatever, are doing this more old-style radio play Long form scripted podcast. I mean, all you're doing is a radio play. Pretty much. Yeah. That is just mm-hmm. downloadable that you can listen to whenever you mm-hmm. want. So they should really try to capitalize on that more because they, there is there is definitely a, a, an audience of podcast listeners yeah. that would mm-hmm. gladly come to a thing like this because mm-hmm. it's a live podcast. You're just coming to a live podcast. Yeah. Like, they had sound effects, music, all mm-hmm. the stuff was uh, just, you know, you had one guy on the computer and hitting buttons and you heard everything too, along with the uh, voices. Mm-hmm. He's just right there. Mm-hmm. All right. So, all it's right. Like watching Foley. Yeah. But still enjoying <laughs> yeah. the crunch and the bang <laughs> and the honk. That's cool. So, well, it was a big weekend over the weekend because Us came out and uh, shattered box office expectations. Really? Yeah. It, it made apparently way more money than they expected it to because I really felt like, uh, you know, the expectations were it's a follow up. It's. Not going to do as well as Get Out. It is a horror movie. It'll do okay, but uh, it did really well. Now, it did help that there was really no other competition. It's not like an Avengers movie came out the same weekend. There was a Great lot of Great release room. strategy. Yeah. I mean, really, really, mm-hmm. they're waking up to this, and I think we talked about it before, but, but what Black Panther did last year, releasing in February and mm-hmm. staying in the theaters forever, getting Oscar nominations... Everyone's realizing that this like old model of like... Get out of the furball. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid avoid the big fight. A second, they're all just laying on the dirt. You screech up. Yep. It's the smartest thing because it, it went up against nothing. 
Right. And it Very did, smart. Apparently, $71 million is what it did. Yeah, uh, and you know it didn't cost that to make. The budget was 20 Right. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. So that's... You know, so, so it, whenever you see Jason Bloom's uh, name in the credits, you know that budget is not going to go very high. Like, that's his entire business model. It's like mm-hmm. the, he does these horror movies. You keep the budget low. Does all right, though. He's oh, got yeah. a great effects team, and that's so much of what, you know. And then the stories and the scripts. Mm-hmm. You can get those two things. It doesn't but always have to be. It's just because sometimes you use more of an unknown cast. That keeps the Every the, once in the a while, you get an Ethan Hawke in one of his movies. But, uh, yeah, sure, but, but he's using new 90% people. 90% of the time, Lu- it, was Lu- not, yeah. it was Lupita Nyong'o and a bunch of no-names. Right. She was the only name person in the whole thing. Yeah, so there's Moss. the budget yeah. chunk right Elizabeth there. Moss, yeah, right. Yeah. But she was... Yeah. Elizabeth Moss had a small part. Exactly. And you also look at like, uh, well, you know the... Um, th- like you said, the roles are small. You know they weren't getting giant paychecks. It's like, uh, so it, it makes sense. I mean, it, it's the it's the horror version of what Adam Sandler used to do with Happy Madison. Mm-hmm. You know, you would keep these comedy budgets low, and then you would make tens of millions yeah, of dollars. I, I mean, I, I I like this movie. There's definitely some some yeah. spots that were Be- a little before we get get into me. it. I want to mention this. Uh, um, Jordan Peele did something really interesting, and this is what makes me really like him as a horror filmmaker because it isn't just somebody. It's not like uh, um, Gwyneth Paltrow doing Country Strong. Like I want to do a country music movie. Right. I'm like really. Uh, so Jordan Peele is clearly a horror fan and has been for many many years. Mm-hmm. He actually gave the cast ten horror movies to watch so they would all have a shared language when filming. Dead Again, The Shining, The Babadook, It Follows, A Tale of Two Sisters, The Birds, Funny Games, <laughs> Martyrs, Let the Right One In, and The Sixth Sense. Now, if you look at this list, it is wide and varied as far as horror and thriller mm-hmm. go. Uh, and I haven't even seen all the movies on this list. Uh, so, you know, there is a deep appreciation for the genre in there. And it comes through in the film, for it sure. It absolutely comes through. And I think this is the mark of a good filmmaker. I was, in in the beginning, some of the dialogue was feeling a little clunky for me. And I was like, uh-oh, is this a sophomore slump thing, that which we've talked about can happen. right. Somebody spent their first movie, they've had it for years, they've worked on it, it's their whole life, and then the next one just has to be cranked out. Right. Because the first one was success. So mm-hmm. I was like, uh-oh, is that what happened here? I don't think so. I, I think overall it's a really good movie. Lupita Nyong'o, is, she's fantastic in it, yeah. playing the two different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and this tells me that this makes sense First of all, it's good directing to give your cast homework. Right. And also to speak the same, because he's like, I need you to know my, so when I say, you remember that scene in Birds? Right. It's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really, the scenes where there was tension and it was really, he does a great job. I say he's the new Hitchcock for suspense. Yeah. And he captures negative space better than anybody. Mm-hmm. And that is the stillness of a horror moment, as opposed to you have to, yeah. film school told you, keep going all over the place with the camera to keep us interested. When you do action camera for suspense, you kill suspense. That's a great point. And I think yeah. he, it's such a great point, And that's why he's not, 
why you know he loves this genre. He's not like, oh, I guess I should do this because it's horror. What quick cuts and all that. He did the tension, mm-hmm. the music, master of tension, the master of tension. That was Hitchcock. Well, and, even, and even he's the, the new Hitchcock. Yeah, even I, the, that's a good point. Even the way the movie was released, like when you saw that trailer, you were like, what the hell is going? What on? is this? Yeah. And as the movie uh, unfolded, like as that tension increased, you really didn't know where it was going. Like at some point. Like, you know, when the um, untethered, as they're called, that um, show up in the driveway at, at the house. Now, this is not a spoiler. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie. We won't get into spoilers. Uh, we may do a spoiler ep, but uh, we won't get into any spoilers. They, um, you know, obviously they invade the house and see the uh, family. I honestly thought, well, I wonder if this is going to be the rest of the movie, is them just being in this house with this family. Right, and, tormented. And, and, and tormented by them, and that's it. Like, uh, um and the movie plays with your expectations where you don't know where it's going to go. And I liked it. And uh, I remember talking to somebody uh, this weekend who saw it and they said, yeah, what didn't really, wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. And I'm thinking, but that's okay. That's not a bad thing. Like uh, if a movie surprises you and goes in a different direction, especially if a trailer gives you no clue as to where it's going to go, just go along for the ride. Right. It's okay. Just let it take you where it wants to go. And this movie did, did go into some interesting places. You know, we don't want to give anything away, but it was... That's a trick. I don't know what to say here, I know. Man. It, you know, tough. it just opened. I have thoughts I have to sit on completely yeah. right now. <laughs> just, I think, I don't want to do a spoiler on anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I have to withhold some opinions yeah, as, <laughs> yeah. As a, yeah, on but, things, mm-hmm. but I, I thought he is he he captures. Did you ever uh, see? Uh, there was another movie with um, <clears throat> a, a recent film. Um, uh, was it Mandy? Was it called? Oh, with Nicolas Cage. With Nick Cage. Oh no, I've heard so much about this. And movie. there are long suspense, weird creep holds on mm-hmm. shots. It was like Lynchian, you know. And right. so I was going to say the other guy that had suspense for a bit was Lynch. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know when he was working with Hopper and stuff like that, he was very good at building on up to things in, in the oh, craziest yeah. overt way. It wasn't right. as subtle as Hitchcock, but it was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I oh, think for that, sure. that's a great point too. And and one of the things that Lynch, as you mentioned with Hopper, but Hitchcock really catered his suspense to the acting abilities of the stars that he, ha- that he used. I thought Hitchcock, that's one of his amazing strengths and mm-hmm. building it around that person, either as them as the creepy person or showing how scared they are. And in this case, it was Lupita Nyong'o showing her like scared as the mom. And then the tethered one was so creepy the way right. she moved. Are we allowed to say this part yet? Yeah, this is still, the, it's in the trailer. The, setup, the trailer yeah. stuff. It's set up. In yeah. the trailer? It's, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. it's... it's There's doubles that are of the family that come in. We can say this part. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, because in the trailer, no. they go, oh my God, it's us. It's us, yeah. They say that in the trailer. And they establish why. They give that part. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah, that part I'm sort of... Not how we got why, but we at least see the mm-hmm. basic why there's the title. Mm-hmm. We see why there's a title. That yes. it's they're mm-hmm. being haunted by themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Right. And I think this is what Jordan Peele does a great job of because it's really the movie, so much of it is on Lupita's shoulders, which is she's a yes. fantastic actress mm. and she plays two totally different people that are the same, right? which is not easy to do. Mm-hmm. And she really pulled it off. Um, and again, 
any of the sort of like, ah, this doesn't make sense, or that they that's a little, there's a little bit of a hole here or there. I was like, right. ah, but then I'd be right back into some suspense scene, and I was like, I'm fine. I, I felt mm-hmm. the same way. Like as the movie um, progressed, I was like, well, that I may have a logic problem with that. That doesn't make sense. If that if A is true and B is true. Um, you know, if we put those together, why isn't C true? Now right, it doesn't right, right, doesn't right, right. quite make there was a sense. Of yeah, like, you, like this, this doesn't quite match together. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't quite uh, um, line up as the puzzle pieces are supposed to. Um, I thought, uh, but the movie was so well crafted and so well made, I was able to forgive kind of these moments of like uh, um, logic puzzles, maybe <laughs> just some creep and just yeah. the, 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 and and yeah. uh, there there was a lot of really interesting things in the movie. I felt it did get a little too kitchen sinky like uh like well we're trying to put this idea in the movie now we're trying to put this idea in the movie now we're trying to put this i I understand you're trying to explore all these different ideas and themes and uh, there's a lot of allegory and there's a lot of um uh, metaphor in the film uh especially with um kind of the marginalized society and and people like that like but here's here's the one thing i really liked about the movie and jordan peele could have so easily gotten pigeonholed in this it's like well it's another black horror movie it's like, and that could have been like, because uh, that's what Hollywood does. You made a successful black horror movie. Just make another black horror movie, and then uh, about race, because you did that. That was good. It worked, and it made us money. So make another one of those. And thank God, you know, he was probably like, "Look, I'm not making Get Out too. I'm going to make right. another movie." And this movie was a horror movie with a black uh, family as or as the leads. This was not a black horror movie and that's what was so good now i did think there was a little bit of too much effort on making the uh the white family a little too entitled and annoying <laughs> i think that was a little a little forced i'm like okay we got yeah. <laughs> hi i'm white guy hi, yeah. i'm archie type yes <laughs> well that was the thing in the beginning and i'm going to be insufferable <laughs> well that was the, that was the one part. but it was hilarious though yeah. they were they were hilarious was elizabeth some- was great <laughs> there was some funny stuff in there, but I thought like the dialogue, even between the main, the black family and the white, all of a lot of their dialogue was just felt a little cliche-ish, two, two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that was like by design. He was just like, uh, I want them to sound like the dialogue. In, the archetypes, like the you're archetype saying. Yeah. In, in the mm-hmm. horror movies always just have the archetype. Yeah. Like, right. I'm the jock. I'm the cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get yeah. murdered first. I was, I wasn't laughing too much to, uh, to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was kind of laughing my ass off and all that stuff there. I'm kind of comfortable where I am. Yeah. <laughs> so if like, if that, if that worked for you, but, mm-hmm. but even then, right. Was I was starting to go like, like Lupita Nyong'o's husband. I was like, yeah, this guy's character, I'm not, I don't know. And then, but then it got interesting and I was in. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so, and I guess it's sort of that thing that in an action movie and in a horror movie, you, I can forgive some of that stuff as long as the action or the horror and the tension is. Exactly. You right. know, yeah. the women were the, were the most frightening, dangerous creatures in it yes right because when he switched over he was still the big goof version of the guy you know right. mm-hmm. and that was part of the fun though right because he could fuck up as that guy a lot which yeah. was you know i don't want to say anymore mm-hmm. but it was i thought that was really fun mm-hmm. um yeah you have a it was very busy story yes mm-hmm. a lot of ex a lot of standing there and explaining and it takes a real actor 
to nail that, and she mm-hmm. did because mm-hmm. yeah. there was some expository going on there, right. and she just mm-hmm. crushed it as that spirit creature, whatever. You know. Right? Yeah, it was doppelganger. Yeah, it was. It was cool. I mean, I, I, you know, I think he's he's a really solid. Film. He understands the horror genre mm-hmm. and how to. I mean, this message wasn't really about race; it was more about class. Yes, uh, you know, and he did a good job of that because that both families. And, and no well, one mentioned the word race either. Nope. Mm-hmm. Everyone just, and it was about class. It was about yeah. you guys have what is better than us. Mm-hmm. Your lives are better. And mm-hmm. why? You yeah. Know? And the, it was like. And, and uh, there was a couple things too where I thought, well, that probably was probably added at the end. Like uh, there's some opening cards at the beginning of the movie that talk about the sewers and the tunnels mm-hmm. under the entire country. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, is that really necessary that we need to mention that? I'm like, well, that's going to come back later, I'm sure. <laughs> and that's a, or he's trying a, to put a MacGuffin in there. Right, right. Mm. If he's trying, if he, if, yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, is this this a very obvious MacGuffin? Yeah, <laughs> is yeah. He really trying a, to like. Yeah. So, or are we are we setting something up or what? Yeah. You know, and, and that's you know, and that's fine. It was. Uh, um, it was the kind of thing where uh, I really felt like that was a studio note. Like, look, you got to put something in the beginning. People aren't going to understand that there's tunnels underneath the ground. <laughs> I'm like, really? People aren't going to understand that? I think we could figure it out. Yeah, there's subways. Yeah. We've seen them. Yeah. Uh, we've seen escalators. <laughs> and it's an allegory for things that have yeah. been underground that are surfacing now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. important, mm-hmm. I think, in these times. Mm-hmm. You know? and So uh, it has a message. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like... To me, I was like a bubbling. There's a bubbling up cauldron, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a violent thing. Yeah. So, and I will say this too, and this is what also Peel understands: if you had a horror movie full of allegories without horror, it'd be the most boring thing in the world. <laughs> Nobody would care. You have to service the horror first, and then you want to make commentary after that. And that's Romero. Yeah, it's true with mm-hmm. any genre, mm-hmm. any genre: science fiction, horror drama even uh even comedy you want to you want to get a, a you know a point across you have to do it within the confines of the genre and make it entertaining first and then you you add you layer on the uh, right. the metaphors under that so uh, and that's like because there were scenes in this movie like that just were like really creepy and just really and what i liked about it too is i'm watching it and you never know on a movie like this, because it's so well put together, how creepy or how violent it's going to be. Because especially when it's a slow burn, like with a slasher movie, someone gets killed in the beginning in a creative way, you know, you're probably going to see more of that in the next hour and a half. Mm. It's not going to be a surprise when another um, kid gets killed at a camp, <laughs> at a sleepaway camp. <laughs> but for a movie like this that un, uh, unfolded very slowly and gradually with uh, you know a lot of kind of hanging and uh, gnawing doubts that as the viewer you're watching like well something bad's gonna happen but i have no idea what it's gonna be or what how it's gonna play out um so when you do that as a filmmaker when the creepiness and the extreme violence actually happens it's more shocking yes. and more terrifying. You can wear that out. That's mm-hmm. like an entree made of seasoning. Right, yeah. With a tiny little bit of steak in the middle of it, you know? Yeah. And just powder and herbs all around it. Yeah. And uh, you went in the opposite direction. You're supposed mm-hmm. to mostly mm-hmm. 
keep us on the ride with the same feelings, you know, that you want the reactions for. Because mm-hmm. you, when you do the wrong cuts, you're wrecking all the reactions you're looking right. for. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think the scariest thing, and he figured it out, is not some rubber monster that we know is four hours in a makeup chair. Now mm-hmm. we've seen all the specials. Mm-hmm. Is human behavioral change? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of thing that was a uh, possession of Joel Delaney was terrifying for that reason. Let's scare Jessica to death was terrifying for that reason. Rosemary's baby was terrifying. Everyone suddenly behaviorally changes around you because I, mean, I can't relate to some big the exorcist. constructed monster, but I can relate to people whose behavior have cha- has changed. You know, the creepiest one of the creepiest scenes in all horror movies the is exorcist, the Exorcist, right? where she yeah. does that creep crap. Crab walk spider thing yeah, with the head the wrong way. Oh my yeah. god, that yeah. was horrifying! Right, and looking right at you with yeah. a smiling face, you yeah, know, like, it wants you to see. Mm-hmm. It was like, and they did a he did a lot of stuff, especially like with the kids. I won't get into that the specifics, yeah. but mm-hmm. it was it was really cool. And, and the other thing too is like he uh, the Lost Boys took place at Santa Cruz Beach, and so that was very deliberate, right? And there was even a scene where she. They, there's in 1986 on Santa Cruz Beach, the move over and he goes, you know, they're shooting a movie over there by the guy. Right. Yeah, they they referenced that they were shooting yeah. Lost Boys over at the uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. in the 80s, <laughs> which was really cool. Um, so I really like this movie. I think um, you know the issues I had with it. I don't want to get into because it, they're better served at a spoiler because I don't want to give away anything because it's I'm definitely just struggling with it. it man. It's, yeah. the, it's the kind of film you really need to go into with as little information as possible. Mm-hmm. Just uh, if I could put it up in a nutshell, it's really good. It's got great commentary. There are some issues with logic here and there, and there's like I said, the ending gets a little kitchen sinky, but these are um these complaints can be forgiven. And if I've spoken too much, maybe review this and cut some of that out. I no, don't there's nothing spoil anything nope. for the nope. fans. It's look, it's a fun ride. Mm-hmm. It does a horror movie is a roller is a fun ride. It's yeah. it's supposed it's it's you're supposed to scream and get a little like creeped out. Yeah, and, right. And it did that. You're supposed to feel. Yeah. It, it did a, it did a great job of that. It defies analysis sometimes, but you do feel mm-hmm. 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 mission accomplished. You know? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Impressive follow up. Uh, yeah, it is, man. Yes. The guy's made two solid movies. Yeah. yeah. Like... And music soundtrack. Yeah. Perfect sync yes. to emotional guidance. Mm-hmm. You starting to uh, made me start to think that well, maybe comedy was like a detour for Jordan Peele. Maybe this is where he should have been. Well, I feel, it's, honestly, it's like he, it, you feel like he was a guy that's always wanted to make horror movies yeah. that just had to take a day job writing right. sketch comedy. Yeah, that's what or it felt like. like. Yeah, everybody forgets my early days as a vaudevillian. <laughs> that's true. That was Hitchcock. Yep. He started. He started in comedy. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, all right. So I saw this this uh, documentary that's on Netflix called The Miami Show Band Massacre. And I said this before. I love the documentaries that Netflix is making and buying. I mean, they're, they're really cool. I mean, if you know nothing about the subject matter, you, it just sounds like, oh, you saw another horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew nothing about this. Mm-hmm. So what happened? The Miami Show Band was this Irish band in the 70s that was crazy popular. Everybody called them the Irish Beatles. Mm -hmm. They were so massively famous in Ireland, and they were famous in the North and the South. And in the 70s is the height of what they called the Troubles in Northern Ireland, where the... 
what is it? UVF is a paramilitary organization that is primarily Protestant, and they want Northern Ireland to stay with the Brits. And then there's the IRA, right, right, right. which is they're primarily Catholic, and they want a united Ireland. They want so Northern- it's a religious war added to a territorial battle. Yeah, or maybe vice versa. It's a territorial battle that kind of becomes a religious thing in, 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 yeah. in, in that sense. And so this is like the height of like, both of these organizations are blowing shit up. Uh, f- something like close to 4,000 people died during this time. Forty to 50,000 people were wounded. It was brutal. And this band was resonating with both North and South. And at the time, so they lived in Dublin, I believe, and there was these show band, these big show halls, and they would go back and forth. The bands would drive across the border and they had all this, you know, amazing 16 millimeter footage, you know, of going through the checkpoints and all of this stuff. And there was a big bombing at one of the at one of the the show halls, like one of the big concert halls. And so it was like, wow, do we keep performing? And they were like, no nah, man, we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going. We're gonna unite people. And then three of them on the so they keep performing and three of them on the way back from a show in the north, uh their car gets pulled over by um British military and they get killed. Wow. The bulk of this documentary is uncovering the cover up 40 years later. Because the British government, I mean, it's like all this stuff that is tangled in. The British government had MI6 guys working with the the U, U, UVF, I think they're called. Um, uh, so it was a kind of spiderwebby conspiracy. Holy shit! In the midst of this brutal time in in Ireland's and England's history, I mean, this was back when the IRA was then do, was bombing in London. I mean, right, it was like right. it was nuts. And the seventies is when it was really, really dawning on the UK that they were losing all of their territory. Mm-hmm. Their empire was disintegrating. It was a conscious recognition in the seventies. That's what led to the big fuck up and the Falklands and all that shit, mm-hmm. you know, losing ships to that thing. It's just trying to hang on to something somewhere. It was all starting to get a little crumbly after that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they're they kind lost of overreactive this. and not yep. Ireland too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had already lost the Suez Canal at that yeah, point, right? Um, which was sort of the beginning. That was a biggie. Yeah, that was the beginning of the end. I, I You know, uh, India had already <laughs> split, you know, I yeah. think at that point. So it was, England was really trying to impose its will. And, you know, in the band, there was like five or six guys and like a couple of them were Protestant and the rest of them were Catholic. They all got along. Um, One of the surviving members was like, I was raised Catholic, but I was raised to respect the the British soldiers and the British, you know, government. We weren't like, yeah, we're sort of like- Raised to be terrorists. No, we weren't. He's like, my family was like, well, we sort of like, sure, we'd like to see Ireland united, but we respect- you know, I if I saw a British soldier, I said, "Oh, good! Like we're this this guy's trustworthy and honest, and you know." And so it really goes into the whole 
second and third act are all uncovering the conspiracy up until present day, trying to almost present day, trying to really uncover it and everything. And in the 80 and in the nineties, when the, the, the peace was brokered in Northern Ireland and then the politics of that. And I mean, you know, who's in what prison and it's really is really fascinating. Um, to 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 watch and and to see and and it's it's like a, a, any good documentary, it brings you into a world you might not know anything about. I didn't know anything about this well, band. How many people were in the band? Six altogether. Now, were there three surviving members? Were they in the documentary? Two of them. Two, two of the of surviving members okay. were in the documentary. I think maybe one of the other guys uh, passed away at some point, okay. but three were definitely killed. Right. That that night. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1975. Wow. And so it's just like, and they, it's nuts, man. With no provocation. Oh boy, none at all. But it was sort of like, there's a lot of theory swirling around where they, you know, and this is sort of my lefty progressive view. Anytime throughout history, someone starts unifying people, boy, they get one between the eyes. Bobby Kennedy, MLK, anybody sometimes starts- Pussy Riot. Yeah, anytime, <laughs> anytime somebody starts unifying, it's like, uh-uh, you know? And because a division and two sides fighting is, is you know, can, is beneficial. To That's why Trump will always be safe. Yeah, <laughs> to benefiting people. Right. <laughs> but in the, going going to the, 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 the great telepray you wrote that Rick and I were in, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned in it, mm-hmm election cycles we need the two parties fighting with each other every election cycle because it's good business yeah so mm-hmm. wars are good business for the defense manufacturers and stuff like that i mean if everyone's at peace oh no what are we going to do mm-hmm. we couldn't we can't have a harmonious yeah we can't start making airliners that stay in the air can no you? Yeah. no we can't do that we can't uh we'll give just, safety so with all the safety features yeah. on yeah. that you just yeah, add no, on the, out the, of ethical no, uh, they're no, going to cost you. They're going to cost you extra. Extra. Extras. <laughs> Fuck extras. Not sunroof, motherfucker. I know. <laughs> I know. That's, uh, so it's like it really. Well, it, do you want landing gear or don't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me look at the brochure. Yeah. <laughs> Brakes. <laughs> Brakes are optional. Oh, come on, man. Kill they me. come with the speaker system. <laughs> <laughs> I'd better to get the deluxe. What does the deluxe package have? Well, if you get clear coat, you get seat belts. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Comes with an undercoat. (laughs) Cup holder. Wow. (laughs) It's heated. (laughs) Cup holder. Um, So yeah, it's 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 a fascinating documentary. It was real. It it really it very much resonated with me. I'm I'm obviously of Irish heritage, but you know I'm an American. You know I've never been to Ireland, but. You know, my great grandparents came over on they're off the boat Irish. And I remember as a kid, my mom and grandmother always talking about the troubles and the IRA and all that stuff. Sinn Fein and England mm-hmm. out of Ireland. I heard a lot of that stuff growing up. And mm-hmm. so to see, like, to learn more about it, the political, how it was going down and how it was for people. And that this band, of course, got caught in, literally got caught in the cross. Hairs of this is, yeah. is pretty. It's a great documentary. Mm-hmm. It's a really powerful documentary. So yeah, check, it, check out. it out. Check it out. All right. Well, Graham, we've got our uh, last uh, last week of the March Patreon. March sponsors. Patreon guys. But I think a lot of these people will be back. 
yeah. know, folks, and here's the here's how it works with Patreon. If you're thinking about becoming a Patreon member at whatever level, if you you get charged the first of the month. So uh, if you want to, you know, get your sponsorship or get your bonus content or whatever, get it done before April 1st, because April 1st we charge everybody. Mm-hmm. So then if you wait till April to become a member, you'd have to wait till May to get your rewards and your whatever right. else. So mm-hmm. so join now. Go to patreon.com slash comedy film nerds. And at the $50 level, you get an ad read every single episode. Like uh, Will Leonard here, his uh, wife Kitty Bagwell is once again riding the MS-150 on fundraising ride that is helping fuel progress toward a world free of MS. She's going to ride from Houston to Austin at the end of uh, April. The money raised will fund amazing progress in MS research as well as programs and services that ensure people affected by MS can live their best lives. Check her out at willthetd.com slash CFN and help her achieve her goal. And you'll be helping people like MS patient Heather Dowling, who was our guest last week. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Johnny Rulon is promoting his Yay. novel, uh, Green Cheek, Junkie's Guide to Street, Ma- Street Magic. It's on Amazon in both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel, which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her mortal lover T.S., our journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website's happyhardshowproductions.com. I want to live in Happy a supernatural America. You yes. think you don't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're all just familiars for the sorcerers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know you from somewhere. <laughs> I can't put my magical finger yeah. on it. Only uh, Chris Mancini <laughs> would come up with the sentence, familiars for the sorcerer. <laughs> Let us not forget, we are in a garage riddled with gargoyle statues all over the place. That's nice to be back here so they can speak through Chris Mancini for him to say stuff like yeah. that. They were getting frustrated. They weren't being heard. <laughs> um, so Fanboy Planet is a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check out them out for comic news, movie news, TV news, and interviews with industry insiders and artists. Fanboyplanet.com, fanboyplanet.com. And from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide, a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com coffeeoversuicide.com it's a good subject to talk about guys and, uh, you know it's a it's a it, with Brody Stevens taking his life I think we need to have just more discussions about mental illness and talking about suicide because if this like oh don't talk about it it's the stigma I think it builds it up and I think a show like this Coffee Over Suicide is like yeah, you gotta all realize uh, depressed people are private people yeah yes that's, that's one of the one of the big things is not seeing others mm-hmm. you don't want to be faced with it and so the thinking you can just waltz in with an intervention on that you know yeah and uh it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. uh, i'm doing a fundraiser tomorrow at uh, i don't know when this is airing when is it going that's today it'll, it'll air today? today okay good tomorrow i'm going to be at uh, flappers and mike burton is putting on uh, a fundraiser to help with the mental health oh, uh fantastic uh, and that'll be um the, tomorrow the 27th on the 27th sure yeah that's it at uh, flappers at eight I'm on the lineup with some great folks, so check it out, uh, flappers.com. And uh, Alice Frazier, co-host of the Bugle podcast and host of Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows. 
that explored the boundary between comedy and tragedy. The shows were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in April uh, with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. Check out alicefraser.com, alicefraser.com. Thanks, Alice. And uh, Rebecca Evans, the art podcast. When we move past hesitation, we're true to ourselves. We find our own art in life. You want to hear some cool stories and get inspired? Check out the art, facebook.com slash the art podcast. Yeah. And uh, La Calavera by Alan Ross, the story of a pirate radio operator, decides to go into the pirate cable TV business. Darren Loney, uh, together with a group of misfits and the questionable guidance of a spiritual advisor in the form of Richard Nixon, gear up to take on the world's largest media conglomerate. It's an egomaniacal celebrity CEO. It's on Amazon, an ebook, and hard copy. Check uh, it out. I'm loving it. I'm, yeah, getting close to finishing. It's a good mm-hmm. book. Check it out. Just, just for Dick Nixon saying shitty things to this guy. <laughs> just with that alone is worth it for me. <laughs> So, all right. So, should we go right to DVDs, or do you want to uh, hit a couple trailers? Let's, well, let's, well, we can, well, we, we didn't think this one part through, did yeah. we? Yeah. in the studio. Usually we have the screen up. Yeah, or... we usually have Aaron take care of it. So, uh, we could skip it this, year, all right. this week. All right. We'll get to it. So, we'll, we'll talk about trailers next week. Um, DVD and Blu-rays. Uh, we have Aquaman came out. Um, again, a, a weird release schedule for DVDs. Like some movies come out like months after they're in the theater, and other ones take like forever. Like Aquaman, some come out weeks after they yeah, came, yeah, they literally, literally came I, out. I as, uh, the joke I used to say is, you know, your movie's in trouble when it's playing on the airliner on the way to the premiere, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it, like if Beale Street could talk, I mean, that was that yeah, was that, that they, a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah. But it, I, you know, it's interesting. I, that one makes more sense to me because Beale Street was, it was released a long time ago, but it was really, they pushed that thing to get Oscar Oscars, nominations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, it would make sense to me that they're like, well, now is the time to do DVDs to get right. people. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have to leave clearance for screener DVDs. Yeah. You can't release the same time the screeners are out. You know, mm-hmm. it has, there's, there's right. a whole separate timing for those two different things. Without the stamp on them, and you know, right. it's uh, expanded media has really rearranged the schedule and timetable. <laughs> and yeah. Aquaman, you know, we talked about this uh, when the movie came out. This movie really benefited from low expectations. It wasn't a great movie, but it was one of the second best DC movie released in a very long time. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: this goodwill is going to go away. Uh, you know, after we have a few <laughs> decent movies to get, you know, the. Uh, uh, Zack Snyder, you know, wrong turn, uh, you know, out of the schedule. Uh, we're gonna actually going to start judging these movies on their own merit. <laughs> and watch out for superhero traffic jam movies. I know. <laughs> who doesn't get enough time on the screen and who's, you know... And it's all fighting something that goes boom into a wall and yeah. gets right the fuck up again. Yeah. And fight, runs into the fight again. So no impact ever means anything mm-hmm. ever. And we're numbing out to impact into it because mostly you're just destroying our buildings and shit. You're just destroying our property and you're all fucking fine. I know. It's it's as much as I love these superhero movies, I am starting to. The fatigue to, is starting. I to am set myself in, yeah. starting to go, all right, another big thing. Well, we don't need three big... Marvel movies in one year. We don't. You right. know, one or two at the most. I mean, make these more special occasion events. But, you know, if you've got three Marvel movies, you know one or two X-Men movies and then you've got like a couple DC movies you're like literally getting a superhero movie every like uh, two months like it's too many <laughs> you know and then that's not including all the superhero TV shows that are you know all over the airwaves now like that's uh, what burnt vampires out 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they and oh. werewolves and zombies. Yeah. Your zombie does out. Your this does out. Your yeah. that it does out. Got to milk every single drop of blood from mm-hmm. uh, you know anything successful and good until no one wants it anymore. Ever. Yeah, saturate <laughs> us until yeah. we hate chocolate. <laughs> So, you know, Aquaman, honestly, was a vast improvement from what was going on, but it, it still wasn't a, an amazing movie. It was just, it was, okay, popcorn-y. It's too busy at the end. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a visual masterpiece. And at the beginning mm. and at the middle, it was too yeah. busy. Yeah. <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's more doesn't always fix it. No. Uh-uh. More TIE Fighters and X-Wings doesn't always fix it. Yeah. I mean, it was nice to see every visual effects artist on the planet get work on one film. But, uh, you know, it might have been a little much. Yeah. And uh, there was, plus there, I don't want to get into it too much, but there was crazy scenes like, uh, why is Aquaman on a boat? That makes no sense. Why is he on a boat? Why does he need a boat to get out into the ocean? Oh, now he's jumping in the water. Okay, well, what? Why? Clearly, the boat is also slower, so that made no sense that he was in this boat. Other than a lot of my stuff was on. I have my DVDs and stuff on on there. uh, Other than to have a conversation, I have my charger. I keep my charger on there and my phone. Now my iPad. It's got a bunch of movies on it. I can't (laughs) take it. My whole world's on that. My whole world's on that thing. (laughs) And. Oh, then the other. I gotta learn about this cloud thing. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know if I trust it though. Then everything. Then the cloud can just. Then Apple's got all my uh, private thoughts. Yeah, then they come steal it. Like the NSA is tapped into iCloud. You know it. Got my new iGills. Yeah, Um, Stockholm has a conspiracy theorist. (laughs) So this is Jesse Ventura. Here's my guest. (laughs) So, um, did you see Aquaman? Yep. Okay. Now they left so much of the book out. Well, <laughs> now if Sean Connery had seen Aquaman, <laughs> what, what would he have thought of it? <laughs> Where's the Nautilus? You know that piece of shit that ruined my film career. Start the car. I was wondering which one of us was going to ask for Sean Connery yeah, yeah. first. Yes. <laughs> uh, so. yes, at least the character came back from the dead. <laughs> oh, Where is God. Sean? Is he a health okay? He's in Spain, I think, or no. maybe he's back in England or Scotland now, but he's back over there. He's Yes, his health is fine, I think. He's just... Old guy duffing around in his kilt now, you know. Yeah. Doesn't give a shit who thinks what about what. God, I bet you he, I, you know he's, you know, there's days he goes, you know, I just like to get into a fight. I hope somebody pops off. You know, like you know, he's just looking to just knock a guy out. Well, there's that story about him when the when he's a young guy, and a bunch of fellas wanted his jacket, and he knocked out six guys in a street fight. <laughs> Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, he's, he was sort of a knock-you-out knock kind of guy, you know? <laughs> James Gardner had a dash of it, but he reserved it for certain assholes, you know? Right. And kind of Connery just left it open. It was a free-range fist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Give him the Edinburgh kiss. Tonk. <laughs> Boink. <laughs> the Edinburgh kiss. 
That's why he's bald. (laughs) Gonk. Well, who was it? Um, Matthew Broderick, when he was on uh, Inside the Actor's Mind, was talking about when he worked on The Freshman. Or no, on... um, the movie he did with Sean Connery and uh, they were uh, the family the family job or the, they were all in Italian job now and and Dustin Hoffman they were all uh, generations of criminals yeah she played uh, he was trying to play a gangster guy yeah so he's working past his Scottish to use the soft R's for the gangster yeah <laughs> it's, it's hard when you come out of years of never having a dialect challenged and he wasn't sellers you know yeah mm-hmm. And Matthew Broderick told these stories that he was like, you know, Sean Connery on the set, he was just, he was all man and he was a real like ball buster. And one day on the set, Matthew Broderick's like, oh, Mr. Connery, there's a friend of mine and we went to high school together. And he goes, you went to high school? Did you graduate? Like he was always <laughs> just busting his butt. Needling at yeah, him, right? Giving him shit. Constantly. <laughs> Just, uh, I was like, that would be fantastic. Just have Sean Connery just ride Busting you all, your balls. The all the entire fucking time. time. <laughs> Follows you home yelling at you. Until. <laughs> you call that a car? He's a bully. He's actually just a bully chasing it on the street at the end. <laughs> oh, what are you going to cry, you little baby? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you call your agent? You know, just. <laughs> All right, next movie. Uh, Stan and Ollie. Now, this movie I actually really wanted to see. Uh, I, didn't I heard, get to see I heard it, it was good. It had so very limited release. Get? It wasn't very limited. I wanted yeah. to see it. Now I'm going to wait till iTunes has it, and I'll just see it there. There yep. you go. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of that. And uh, second act, this is the um, Jennifer Lopez movie. Do people go still go see Jennifer Lopez movies? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I, I don't. I'm going to look that movie yeah, up. I'm not sure how it rom, uh, She was the rom com queen for a while. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there must be a residual audience for that, don't there you think? There has to be. Yeah. Just enough people. Two decades is. So, yeah. and uh, I want to mention that this is the uh, final week for uh, some of this merchandise in the store. Then it will be. Go, go ahead. They made that movie for $16 million, and its cumulative worldwide uh, gross was $51 million. Uh, but, you know, you add in marketing costs, and it uh, might have been a wash. Well, I wonder... Studio wash is when yes. they made only four <laughs> times the budget. Yeah, yeah exactly. Instead of 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't a big of a... The days of Easy Rider. I mean, technically... A budget to profit era, <laughs> you know... Yeah, I'm sure technically um, that movie didn't make any money, but in reality it probably did. Yeah, they absolutely did. Yeah, they they were like it 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 was beneficial for them, and so I, I bet you that's why they. To answer your question, if she's she's willing to make a movie where the total budget is 16 million, it brings home 50 just because she's an international star. Right. Yeah. They'll keep cranking those out. Yeah, for right. sure. She'll make she's not one. coming in going. I need to do a hundred million dollar movie. They won't no. give her that. Mm-mm. But she does this between American Idols and. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, mm-hmm. go for it. Long may you run. I know. Mm-hmm. I would do it. God, yes. I'd bump into walls and snort and pretend I was awkward and on a date or whatever I needed uh, to do. And also, um, I think she's dance. She's judging dance now. Oh, good. <laughs> whatever oh, that. Sure, they, yeah. They, 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 Dancing that, with the stars, is it? it or whatever, Dance US. Or you think you can dance? Yeah. Yeah, it's, dance, like it's that one. Dance yeah. squad. Yeah, it's... Uh, dance your ass off. Dance yeah. patrol. <laughs> Spring break dance up. Dance, dance, shut up. That's it. <laughs> dance, dance. dance. 
dance motherfucker on VH1. <laughs> um, so how would Sean Connery judge that <laughs> dancing competition? <laughs> dance, 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 dance. There's a elect. It's electronic, Sean Connery. Week, 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 week. Dance, dance, dance. <laughs> I have other impressions, you know, guys. <laughs> who, who not, else? Not to us, Harrison Ford. <laughs> oh yeah, now, well, right. let's hear Harrison. Well, now, if Harrison Ford was um, watching Second Act, what would he think? I'd be wondering what happened to the first act. <laughs> yeah. Now wake me up when the first act starts again. And close the door, you're letting all the smoke out. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually watching uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom with my son right now. So we're like halfway through, and it's so fun to watch. Yeah. Does he like Temple of Doom? So, uh, not as much as the first one, but uh, you know what's weird? When we were kids, like uh, watching that guy get his heart ripped out was like, Terrifying, I remember, but didn't bother him at all because ah, oh, it looks fake. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're used to you know giant CG special effects right. and aliens and and superheroes flying through buildings, and uh, but now just a fake Savvy practical kids effect don't of care uh, about rubber yeah, stuff. Yeah, man. yeah, that looks like latex. It does. It doesn't. Yeah, it was terrifying to us. Yeah, they don't process. It, it. goes back to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Visuals, one third of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, implication was one third. And acting was one third. Yeah. It's the same thing that Jordan Peele understands is just showing reaction right. to things, mm-hmm. looks on faces as indicators for how we should be feeling. Yeah. It's the same thing Blair Witch did. Mm-hmm. It was just aim the camera at your reactions to everything and let the acting out, you know? Right. And also, too, like what, uh, going back to what Jordan Peele is, is good at and what he just, in us and get out is. Showing the reaction, just hearing something, not quite sure what it is, yeah. seeing the reaction, and then having some creepy music around it. Yeah, that's and plucking that. strings. Yeah, yes, just very boom, smart. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, using string, very smart string can't fail if yes. you use them right. They are the right guide. You use it, a trumpet, just doesn't work there. <laughs> <laughs> what? Fuck. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> um. So, I wanted to mention for the store, uh, this is our last week where we're getting uh, liquidating a lot of merchandise. A lot of you have been picking up some Dana Gold stuff, like we actually had a couple of uh, um, LPs go out. So, some of you collectors are, uh, are scooping up the LPs, because this is the only place you can get them. And this is the last week, and you can get 20% off all Dana Gold merch. Uh, use the coupon code DANA, and you get a free t-shirt with every t-shirt uh, while supplies last. It might be an L.A. Podfest. Who knows what it could be? Oh, Whatever we have in the garage. There's that's a lot extra of bonus bit bit bases yep. in there. Uh, Alice, and Rosen, Alice and Rosen merch, Snuggle, you get 20% off. And Jackie Cation, 20% off with the coupon code DORK. And uh, we, we keep threatening that we're going to be redoing Patreon because we want all you guys to become members. We will be doing that in the next uh, week or two for sure. Um and premiering this week, Dumbo, the live-action Dumbo with uh, a very interesting above-the-line in Dumbo. With uh, you've got Tim Burton directing, you've got Danny DeVito, you've got like a you know a bunch of stars in this movie. But I'm watching the trailers, and I, I think there's a disconnect somewhere. My family really wants to see it. Both kids and my wife think it looks really uh, fun and interesting. 
Um, it does not doing anything for me. I'm really? not sure. Yeah. So, but I will be seeing it this weekend. So we'll see if uh, you know, see how it is. Uh, I'm always leery with Tim Burton doing remakes because his track record is abysmal, and I love him as a filmmaker. But I only like when he does originals. And uh, but his, you know, everything from Planet of the Apes to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, they're unwatchable movies. Um, you know, the Alice in Wonderland. We no, no, Dark Shadows. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'm, it's, I'm, it's I'm. A, uh, the, the, every it's time like, I, I, th- I keep thinking of him and Johnny Depp together, they're not always together. <laughs> I saw another Dumbo trailer, and I was like, I, I feel the same way. I'm so on the fence. I'm like, this could be. I don't know. I can't put it. I can't. I can't get a beat on that film if it's going to be good or not. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll uh, we'll see. Because the the thing about it is, is like it, it, they're deliberately cutting the trailers where. Y- you don't know. They're not really giving any uh, any information. All right. So we'll see. And then the next movie is the the Beach Bum, which is some weird Matthew McConaughey and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, some you know stoner comedy that just kind of came out of nowhere. I've heard nothing about this movie, and it just showed up. It's it's like when he did that Surfer Dude movie a couple like seven eight years ago. I, I don't know. It's pretty. I love the uh, storyline. Read, read the storyline. It's like uh, written by an intern. A rebellious stoner named Moondog lives by his own rules. That sounds <laughs> like this is going to be miserable. <laughs> Could you itemize those rules for us in advance? Uh, and do they involve us? Yeah. <laughs> Any of these rules? Uh... Do I, is it just an excuse for him to just go, hey, man? just a, it... And get paid for it? Yeah, for sure. I feel like... All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That's what he started as. He yeah. broke as a stoner in uh, Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe what they did is they just took outtakes from Dazed and Confused and some of the uh. Lincoln commercials. And they just <laughs> cut them. <laughs> so he's just driving really slowly. Yeah, yeah. Talking yeah. to a bull and then jumping into a pool in a tuxedo and just <laughs> out of his fucking mind. And then he's just driving all wet. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about hugging trees. Yeah, what are you no, talking no. about? Yeah. It's, you know, it's about it's you, you, you got to drive with your mind. Yeah, no, <laughs> what are you talking about? Tunes is like Tunes is the cat. <laughs> I feel like him and Snoop just wanted to hang out at the pool and smoke yeah. weed, and they yeah. decided to get a budget and shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be really horrible. what it feels like. Yeah. But I feel like I need to see we'll it. See it. <laughs> We're going to see it. All right. Well, there's only two to choose from this weekend, so we'll... Uh, I'm not going to see Dumbo. You're yeah. going to see that. Yeah, I know. And, so I'll uh, be... Uh, and I, well, I think it's safe to say I want to see neither of these films, but... Uh, well, I'm going to we'll get a mid- midnight screening of Beach Bum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait in line, because I'm sure there's going to be a <laughs> yeah. high demand. Yeah. You have to get an advance. Yep. They can hire a guy to stand there for it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you get a VIP ticket, get a free oh, bong. Be- <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh my gosh, that is our show. That's guys. our show, guys. Well, it just flew by like a bullet train that ain't gonna happen. Come yeah. on, nine halfway to nine twenty. Yes. Oh, you have dogs. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> Looks like Rick Overton let the dogs out. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was fantastic. Your reaction was more exciting for me than the actual dog barking. It looks like you have a phone and then a booster phone. <laughs> you have two Underneath phones two. talking to each other. That's a battery oh. from Mophie. Mm. It's an added battery. You just clip on the end. So if you're on a movie set or a TV set and there's nowhere to plug in and your location or something like that, your phone doesn't drop dead halfway through the day and you're... You know, wherever your trailer's parked in the mud. and Nice. Then they drag you in a van off to the location. There's no electrical nothing. 
I want to get a solar one. So even when I'm well, out there, they're either taking rant, you to a set that. or throwing you in a swamp. One when or the, the other. The you just described. That's it. <laughs> That's one or the other. Yeah. yeah. And to make sure that there's lots of wasps and bees around lunch on the tables outside. That's the other really important part to have. Cover the food in honey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the children. So, uh, so Rick, uh, where can people find you online and what do you got coming up? Well, coming up, I'm going to be at uh, Flappers tomorrow night doing mm-hmm. the, uh, the show along with Mike Burton. And this will be a benefit to help uh, an organization that works with uh, helping comedians out when they're having a oh, tough time. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's a good cause. And uh, I'm coming up on, I think, April 9, I'm going to be on Mom. Oh. Is it called Mom? And I was just on Drunk History. Nice. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. And that's about the news for right now. Outstanding. Excellent. Uh, yeah, guys, go to flappers.com for March 27th. That's a great March fundraiser. Right, They've o'clock. done these. You know, they did one. Sam Tripoli organized one at uh, the Comedy Store. I believe they right. did one at the Laugh Factory. So it's their, really the clubs are, are giving uh, comedians, basically, these organizations give comedians a free, um, like, psychologists access to so, so if anyone's because we're we get very isolated as comics and mm-hmm. i think we're more susceptible to this type of depression and and stuff mm-hmm. like that so um you're it's a great show and you're gonna you're gonna help out comics so uh check that That's out yeah um i will be a progressive comedy tour ron placone and i are going to texas april 12th through the 15th we're going to fort worth Houston, San Antonio, and Austin, Texas, April 18th, doing a political vigilante live at the Sycamore Tavern. And, um, you know, my crazy YouTube left-wing ramblings, uh, (laughs) political vigilante. So just get all of that at uh, Mm GrahamElwood.com. I I went to your channel once, and I just, uh, I remember you saying once, like, you know, sometimes when we get... Um, passionate comments on CFN. You're like, mm, they're nothing like what we get in the, <laughs> the political space. And uh, I checked. Passionate's a nice yeah, way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I checked like your your site just to see. And uh, oh, you weren't kidding. And but what, the one that made me the laugh the most is somebody was mad that you liked Batman. Like that. <laughs> Well, that's my favorite. It's just like, that's like, the, really, the, 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 the That's what you're going to be upset about? Really? That's what you're going to choose to? Talking really? about the Green New Deal <laughs> yeah. and corporate money out of yeah, politics a, and ending like war. Batman? But, How dare you, yeah, sir? Let's get mad at Batman. Yeah. Um, so also new conversations from the Abyss is out with the uh, Sklar brothers, the two brothers that carry a sibling rivalry to a unusual conclusion. And uh, also we've got three more episodes to drop that'll include uh, Rick Overton, Janet Varney, Annie uh, Savage, Bill Dwyer, uh, Carrie Barrett, and uh, Hal Leblin, and uh, Mark Agliardi. So a lot of really cool people from Thrilling Adventure Hour and some other shows that will be coming up. And uh, also, uh, Long Ago and Far Away, the graphic novel is available in the store, signed, and it will be available digitally from uh, Starburns Press starting next month. That's our episode. Rick Overton, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come from your hornet's nest swamp to uh, to join us. <laughs> I must get back to them. Yeah. They're dying off. Yeah. Yes. When you go home, do you sing Rainbow Connection on a log? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start. Yeah. Thanks for, this, thanks for planning that in my head. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, uh, that's our show, everybody. We really appreciate you uh, listening to us every week. Like, share these video, uh, this uh, audio on your social media. Anything that can help us get more. Uh, fans go to patreon all those great ways to support the show positive comments on the itunes uh great ways to support the show my name is graham elwood and i'm chris mancini and as always remember han shot first first.